Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He beat me. Straight up, he beat me. Pay him. Pay that man his money. That's my horrible John Malkovich impersonation from the movie Rounders where he plays Teddy KGB and he says, pay Matt Damon his money. Uh, it's a killer movie. I am not killer at doing that. You're listening to the Arrowhead Addict podcast. And we're talking about Chris Jones and Brett Veach, who I hope is watching Teddy KGB right now. Uh, and he's going to give him his money. We got a lot to talk about, folks. If you're seeing me up close and personal and wondering where is my normal mate here, Sterling Holmes. Sterling's at a wedding uh, this week. Uh, our other friend Patrick Allen is a little bit under the weather. Uh, I'm riding solo today just for a minute before I bring in my guest, uh, our pal Jacob Millam from uh, contributor at Arrowhead Addict. Uh, we'll be thrilled to have him join us in just a second. But if you're hanging out with us here over the next uh, 45 minutes uh, to an hour, we're going to be talking about the biggest concerns, you could say the chief concerns, um, from training camp and some of the things that uh, have us concerned. I want to give a quick disclaimer from the front, though. Look, we're talking about the defending champs. When you have a legendary head coach on the sideline, when you have the best tight end of the business, when you have the game's best player under center, everything is relative. The Chiefs are going to win 12 games if they played backwards. Uh, so, you know, let's not be confused here that we're talking about like Arizona Cardinals level of concern, but there are some reasons for concern. We'll get to all those in just a second. Uh, but first, just want to let you know, our pals at Caesars have a good deal for you, folks. New customers, if you have never signed up with Caesars Sportsbook, uh, new customers can get their first bet insured up to $1,250 by using our code ARROWFULL, that's A-R-R-O-W-F-U-L-L, while signing up. Not only will today be your first bet be completely insured, but you'll also be directly supporting our podcast which is great, right? So if you've not already joined the Caesar Sportsbook community, now's the perfect time to make your move. Just remember to enter their code ARROWFULL during sign up and place that first bet. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description, however you take this in, for the full terms of the offer. And if you already have Caesars, by the way, you can head to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets to find more betting offers and ways to support the podcast. Folks, as always, if you're here with us, we appreciate you ever listening, ever watching, ever reading the site and taking it in. Uh, but to discuss the things that have us concerned, uh, I'd love to bring in my man, Jacob Millam. Jacob, are you there? I am here, Matt. I'm ready to rock and roll, my man. Man, if you've uh, if you've been on site or if you're a fan of KC Sports in general, you've probably read Jacob's work uh, covering the Royals um, as well as the Chiefs. You've been with Arrowhead Attic for how long, by the way? Well, so I, I joined, it's probably been about a year and a half now. I think I joined like last March, right ahead of the draft last year. 
Okay. Okay. Feels almost longer than that. It feels like you've <laughs> just been a great addition for a while and, and we're so glad to have you around. Well, thank you, man. Um, you've been on the podcast before, so longtime mm-hmm. listeners may recognize you. Um, already glad to have you on board. Want to do a quick round here. We, we got a lot to get to. Yep. The the, uh, the Chiefs play their first preseason game this weekend against the New Orleans Saints. We've got young players and veterans aplenty with roster battles to talk about. But first, look, it wasn't just a few minutes ago that yeah. Chris Jones got on Twitter or got on X or got on Elon Tender, whatever you call it these days, <laughs> and typed in the following words, KC, I love you. Now, when you read that, is this just a simple did he just watch like a show? Was he listening to Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On? And suddenly his heart is is swell is swelling with the the orchestra. Maybe he's just feeling all the feelings and he's just thinking, hey, uh, Casey, I love you. Maybe he's just expressing what's in his heart. Or is there something going on here? This is one of those cryptic reads. I just wonder what like what are you making of just all this right now? Listen, Matt, I really hope that these uh, these cryptic tweets die with Twitter. Um, we're we are in a new chapter of social media. Let's uh, let's get some some new some new things. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe he's talking about a friend with the initials Casey. Maybe he just really loves um, Casey barbecue. Could be. Uh, he could also just really love Casey beer co. Maybe he's just having a nice, nice little drink there. It I, is. There's a lot of options. It, it could. Maybe he's talking about Keisha Cole, or maybe he's talking about um, Kardashian Chloe. I don't know. Maybe he calls it backwards. I don't know what's going on. But look, let's do a quick round here. Winners and losers okay. of the Chris Jones holdout so far. Winners and losers of the Chris Jones holdout so far. Uh, one, let's, let's hear those winners, man. Let's one, hear those winners. Win, winner. No one. What? Anyway, anyway, I'm looking at this from a from a from a look. The Chiefs had the most fun. Think about this. Chiefs momentum is a big loser here, right? Think of like think of the way this whole offseason has played out in the wake of the of the Super Bowl win. Right? Have we ever had more fun in a single offseason than we have this year? It was Saturday Night Live. Travis Kelsey ruled everything. Patrick Mahomes is being celebrated left and right. Like the Chiefs are like all things pop cultural, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, like the party should have carried into the preseason here. But now instead we're talking about a guy who was just voted in the NFL top 10 players holding out. Patrick Mahomes is now saying, Hey, you know, we'd love to have him in camp. Uh, some of the other young guys like Mike Dana and Carl Loftus are saying, yeah, you know, you can tell he's not here. We feel his absence. Um, like, are you worried about that? Like, what do you think of just that sort of, the storyline changing or, or are we making too much of it here? No, no. I mean, there's, I, I don't think we're making too much of it here. We're at least acknowledging it. And you have to, you have to acknowledge. I mean, l- like you said, he's a top 10 player voted by the players. Like this isn't, you know, I've, I've heard everyone. We could have all the bluster about, you know, media and, you know, folks on ESPN and stuff like that. But the players, in the NFL who do this for a living say, Chris Jones, you are a top 10 player in yep. our league. And it's it's big because it's just a huge cloud hanging over this team entering the preseason right now. Like, I really want to just be focusing on, hey, who am I excited to see in this uh, first preseason game? Or, you know, how is, how is this going to shake out? Stuff like that. No, we have 
this holdout just hanging over us and it has sapped a lot of that positive energy that you were talking about because just just think about all the good if, if you would have told me 10 years ago that a chiefs quarterback was getting you know a main character in a documentary series i would have it, it would have been crazy it's like okay why, why are we talking about ricky stanzi right now why are we why are we following him along in his life right now i'm That's a little a good tired of it i know right but there's just been a lot of good things that have been, I wouldn't say forgotten, but maybe got pushed to the back burner because this Chris Jones stuff is on the is front and center right now. Let me ask you about the young players here, right? The, mm-hmm. the defensive line is very young overall, especially on the edges, without Chris Jones there. Are they winners or are they losers here? Man. That's a honestly that that is a good question. I I want to call them winners. Okay, because I mean the saying that's stood the test of time is practice makes perfect. All right. And we have all these young defensive linemen that are getting more and more reps with experienced linebackers behind them, and they're learning alongside these defensive backs that they're going to be playing with for years, possibly. So there there is that positive. However, when when I try to think of you know, the benefits that a veteran like Chris Jones can bring. I think I think we all kind of forget dude's been in the league a while. <laughs> he's he's 29 years old. He is yeah. a seasoned veteran. And all I can think of is Frank Clark teaching George Karloftis um, pass rush moves at training camp last year. Yeah. Like what sort of things are are getting for not forgotten about, but just left behind? without Chris Jones being here. I mean, this this is a big this puts a lot of pressure on Joe Cullen as a, as Ronald brought up because you know what? He's really going to we're really going to see, hey, can Joe develop these young talented defensive linemen or mm-hmm. is it all the Chris Jones and company party? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, you know, you just brought up Frank, and I think that's really important here. Because as of right now, Carlos Dunlap, gone. Yep. Frank Clark gone for good, by the way. Um, Chris Jones out, you know, until whenever. Um, that is a ton of experience. And not just experience, but successful experience. Mm-hmm. Like like longevity for good reason experience. Not like some guy who's like a hanger on and you're like, why is he still employed in the National Football League? You know, we're not talking about you know, in a way, we're like Sorensen or something. We're talking about Alex like Okafor, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you want to get in there, you know, with uh, I, I, you know, I got to go loser here because you know these guys have to learn what it's like to play. And let's be honest, no, like if Chris Jones is inside and he's not there, and then other guys are getting uh, getting those reps, who am I excited to see behind him? There's yeah. not a single defensive tackle on this roster that I would even care to employ other than other than Chris Jones. I mean Turk Wharton, I hope he's coming back well. I do. Because I like him if he's 
if he's going to play well, but he was rehabbing not too long ago, right? Derek yep. Naughty is 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 a a, a, a one dimensional guy with declining snaps for the last five years. So even the Chiefs are not excited about him, and there's a reason they wanted to trade up to get Mozzie Smith in the first round. So what you have here are oh good, Chris Jones is gone. Well, that gives great reps to Phil Hoskins. Oh yeah, let's get, let's get Matt Dickerson some more reps in there, right? Like right now, probably most fans think I'm making up names out of some name generator. Like you ain't like Joe Hesketh, who's actually an old Montreal Expos pitcher. Anyway, Dang. so uh, yeah, you know, I, I to me, I just don't even get it. Um, in the comments, I'm looking at the comments. Daniel says the Chiefs are going to lose three game or seven games next year if if Jones without Jones, the Chiefs will lose seven games. Minimum. It's an easy call. Well, don't minimum. make it complicated. Do you agree with that? No, no, I I don't. Because so let's. I'm I'm trying to think of you know the last time that the Chiefs had a clearly below average defensive unit, and 2018 is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. And where did 2018 end up in the AFC Championship game? Yep. Down to one call. Like I'm I'm sorry, but it, this. I am less bullish on the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl without Chris Jones. Yes, I'm less bullish on them winning an AFC championship. But to say that they are going to fall flat on their face completely without Chris Jones is just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's there. There's nothing founded in that. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to minimize Jones as the cornerstone of everything they want to do defensively. While at the same time. Yes. If you lose seven games, you're winning 10 games and the chiefs are not going 10 and seven. That, that's just not happening. It, yep. it, it, um, I think they could lose Mahomes and go 10 and seven. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure what we're doing by losing Jones and, and thinking that. Um, yeah, we'll see. Let, let's look at this. One of the other things I, I like winner or loser, what about Chris Jones himself? Hmm. Listen, he is a huge loser, man. It's it. We finally reached it today. His total fines between missing things earlier on this offseason and missing all of training camp so far, his fines have exceeded the one million dollar mark. Like that is that is a lot of money. And I get it. This the holdout part of it is betting on himself that he can make that money back in the long term or in the short term, I guess. But man, that's that's just a ton of money, man. It's it, it's a lot, and I I don't know what his financials are like. But if I'm if I'm paying out that much money, I'm uh, I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to be a little a uh, little frugal for the next few months, if you ask me. <laughs> I I I just hate this from every direction. I don't get it. it yeah. It's not earning you any goodwill with coaches. It's not doing anything for your relationships in the locker room at all. I mean, guys may say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm for him. Get your money, man. We're, you know, but honestly, you know, like when you look next to you and who's in the trenches, who's sweating every day, who's living in these in these uh, concrete block rooms in a dorm in the middle of Missouri, <laughs> Western State, State University, you, you build those experiences for a reason to come together. And when a guy's not there to come together with you, you know that you just know that. Yeah. And so the reality is, look, he's not going to be in shape. He. He can work out all he wants in a gym, but there's a reason why. Look, Eric Bieniemy is making enemies yeah. in Washington right yeah. now because he's trying to instill the same sort of get up and go, 
you know, like preseason plan that he's been doing for the last decade with Andy oh, Reid in yeah. Kansas City. So I just don't see any way. I love what you're saying about the fines. He's taking these financial hits. Although Brett Veach and the organization can forgive all those debts if they want um, and, and not make him pay, that's between them. But, mm-hmm. um, hey, look, there's financial terms, there's physical terms, there's relational terms, and then also there's just the fans. Like, like there's a certain group of fans that are for him and like, yeah, man, get your money. But there's also, as we've seen even here in the comments and, and what we're talking about, there's a group of fans that will now be probably forever put off by anything that Chris Jones does because there's been this amount of time where this whole holdout um, has now drug on much longer than anyone thought it would, right? Mm-hmm. I That is there, – there's going to be a sour taste left in cheat and fans' mouths after this, I, I feel like, because if he – if there is any sort of – regression from Jones, whether it be this year or the year after, maybe, I don't know. Then he is just going to look like a, like a big cap cow, I guess is the way to put it. And so they're going to say, Oh, well, you know, Chris Jones isn't a top 10 player anymore. Why did we pay him all this money and things like that? And I, I don't know. There's, all I can think of is Justin Houston. I wasn't I wasn't huge on social media when the whole Justin Houston saga happened, but I I can only imagine that after he didn't live up to the expectations that were set forth by him signing that high contract, the fans turned on him, and there's and I don't see a, a return from that. Like there's no there's no coming back from that mm-hmm. point. And a veteran player probably doesn't care at that point. Okay, they're they're getting paid to to play a game that they've been playing all their life. So there there is a big legacy thing here that we'll probably look back on in you know maybe 10, 20 years, and we'll remember this differently. Of course, hmm. time time um, is the is the real victor in all of these situations. But I that's a great point, Matt, that I didn't really think about. Yeah, going back to Justin Houston and, and even Eric Berry. I mean, um, yeah, you know, the, the problem with some of those, Jamal, some others, is just, I mean, you can't predict an injury. You, you just right. can't. And fans want – some fans want to somehow blame that on the player um, or even want to, like, predict it ahead of time, almost like in a, hey, let's break up with him before he can break up with us, kind of like – weird relational psychosis that keeps you from ever getting hurt. And it's like, look, there's no such thing as no risk. You like, mm-hmm. it's, it's true of anyone, anywhere in any sport, you got to pay certain guys, you got, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, you know, Chris Jones is in his prime. He's performing well. Do we have those quotes from look, Brett Veach? Yeah. Brett Veach spoke to the Kansas city star um, about signing Jones and, and um, do you have those quotes there, Jacob? Yeah, I, I do, because there's there's a few that really stood out to me. Um, so just for everyone's background, Brett Veach sat down with the Kansas City star. Kansas City uh, people who live in Kansas City will have different opinions on the star. <laughs> but I love I love the work by uh, Sam McDowell and Jesse Newell, who put out some good stuff in this article. 
So the first quote that stands out to me from Veach is, quote, he's a great player and he wants a big contract. He deserves a big contract. And I don't think there's any surprises in that regard. Yeah. But there's just some hurdles we have to work through in regards to how we can keep this thing going for the short and long term. But we've never wavered on. This is a guy that we want to exhaust all of our efforts to get done because that's how much we think of him. Hmm. Matt and all that, all I can think about is efforts. All right. We're not talking about resources. We're talking about efforts here. A Jones deal is going to take up a lot of resources. It's going to take a lot more than goodwill and some time to get to get this deal done. Um, I do want to say the the next quote that I think of is, you know, he's trying to button it up a little bit on Jones's time in Kansas City, you know, looking in the long term. Quote, I think for all parties, I think the best resolution would be for him to end his career as a chief and get that financial security and for us to do what we had set out to do. And that's to work through last offseason with this offseason in mind and get some young guys, which we did that and then focus on this year and getting Chris done. Hopefully we get this resolved, but we have no intentions of making a trade. Yeah. Those are the two big quotes to, to take away from this article, in, in my opinion. And that is, if, if you want to go back, let's say even three months to when we started talking about these extension talks and where the Chiefs front office was at, I feel like that's a big tone shift. Okay, we're, we're starting to get a little less concrete, and this is going to get done. This is Veach trying to say we are putting our best foot forward. And we are actively negotiating with Jones, but it's not going to dictate how we how our season's going to go if this doesn't get done. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, but but the one the kernel here from mm-hmm. Veach that I thought was was maybe more heartening than others. Okay, is that he mentions you know, look, even when we were dealing with Tyreek. And decided we had to trade him. Veach said we were we were trading him, knowing that we still needed money to get Jones done a year from now. Like that right. was part of that too. And so, if that's been a part of your plan the whole time, that makes me believe that this will still work itself out. Um, but you're also right. I mean that 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 uh, apparently apparently Chris has a real decision to make here, and the Chiefs have put a number out there, and Chris eventually is going to realize he doesn't have any leverage in the end. Like he's contractually obligated to play for the chiefs this year. He has to play enough to accrue a season this year for the chiefs. I mean, I mean, you know, he can hold out as long as he wants. If he wants to hold out a full season, he's not going to get what he wants. The -hmm. chiefs can even franchise tag him if they like, then they can trade him. Um, The chiefs hold really all the leverage here. He's just kind of, it's like almost like a peacock. It's like, I feel free to fluff your feathers all you want, but you can't fly. You know, yeah. you can kind of like get around here a little bit if you want. So, you know, in a way, I think they're allowing him to preen, allowing him to showcase the feathers. Okay, fine, Chris, do what you want to do. But in the end, you'll still be in this yard. You can't fly very far. You got to be on our field. You got to you got to do what this is going to do. And so um, they're still saying all the right things, hoping that they can smooth things over. Eventually, I, I hope that with that said about Tyreek, if you've been planning this for the long haul, um, you get a deal done. Yeah. Um, 
I just want to throw some comments in here. Tom Hood said, Jones is worth the money. Without him, the defense is not even close to what it was. I could not agree more with that. Totally. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, if that dude was 26, Flapjack City, that contract would be done. Uh, let me just throw something in here uh, on that one. Um, I, I, maybe that's true and, and, and whatever. I just think, one, defensive linemen can age a little bit better than, than others. Uh, you know, the Eagles have a couple guys right now who are playing very well um, mm-hmm. and for a Super Bowl team um, or Super Bowl attending team. I'll say it that way. <laughs> um, here's the other one. Look, you, all this talk about you got to save money for future extensions. Um, and, and Jacob, I'd love your thoughts on this. Okay. I don't get it. I don't get it because, like, who else is so important that you got to pay that you can't afford it? People bring up Creed Humphrey, but if you pay a center, well, let's say $15 million, that's top of the market. That's top of the market right yeah. there. It's done. That's not like, like it's not a lot of money. Cause, because remember, the cap's going to go up a ton every year. Yeah, right? it is. The Chiefs have no bad. Let me, I'll say this very clearly. <laughs> the Chiefs do not have. In fact, if I could make every comment or repeat it with me, I would. The Chiefs do not have a single bad contract on the books. If you want to stretch it, you could say Joe Tooney or Jawan Taylor. I think that both answers are silly, by the way. But um, there's not a single horrible, bad, get this out of here contract on the books. So when the cap goes up considerably year after year after year, you got a lot of room to work with. There's plenty of room to sign a center to a top-of-market deal. After that, if you want to bring up Trey Smith as a guy you have to sign, therefore you may not sign Chris Jones, I don't know what what school of roster building you're going to, but if you, <laughs> if, but if you feel the need to sign a top-25 NFL guard long-term, therefore you got to let go a top-10 NFL player, we've got real differences and issues here. I think yeah. that's silly. Yeah. So, look, you don't have to pay Willie Gay Jr. top dollar. I just see these things thrown out there. Like, you got to sign Creed. You got to sign Willie. You got to sign. You, you don't. You don't. No linebacker on this team has made a Pro Bowl. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, you can sign them, and it doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. So, right. yeah. And, again, we're a year or two or three down the road. So, I, I don't know. What Like, what do you think? Am I Am I – Am I underplaying this? No, I I don't think you're I don't think you're underplaying it because Matt, if you if you look back about a month, do you remember the response that I got to my article about the three worst contracts on the Kansas City Chiefs roster right now? Like for for all you viewers out there, you you can go m- make fun of me on that article <laughs> because I I picked Joe Tooney, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and MVS and. The Chiefs just really don't have a an anchor contract, I guess is what you will. Like a, a guy who just isn't performing at all and is making top 10 money at his position. They don't no. have that. That is a good luxury to have. That means that they have hit on most of their signings. They have hit on most of their draft picks as well. Yep. It's when you're negotiating a contract, you're not paying for what the player has done. You are paying for what you believe the player can give you in the future, which 
I, I forget who said the comment earlier on talking about how this contract would look a lot different if Chris Jones was 26. That's why guys like Quinnen Williams and Jeffrey Simmons, that's why they are getting the money they are. Because it's like, okay, in four years, you're going to be playing through your prime. And we want you to be playing for us in your prime. The Chiefs paying for the next four years of Chris Jones. I'm sorry, they're, they're paying for the, the downhill slope of Chris Jones. He, he has peaked. That, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. He might be able to extend that peak another season or two. But that decline is coming eventually. That's inevitable. So, and we're, we're seeing with Aaron Donald right now, like the Aaron Donald deal made plenty of sense when it happened for the Rams. But now after some injury and some age regression that was expected, now it looks like a terrible contract. So I, I don't know. It's so, it's such a weird spot to be in because if, if I had to decide like when I wanted to extend Chris Jones and I would be fine with paying him like $30 million last year because he played up to that level. It's just going and looking for the next three years for nearly 60 games. Is he still going to be playing at that high of a level? We don't know for sure. Nobody does know for sure. And unfortunately the people who know best are in that front office right now, I feel. Yeah. Would you rather overpay him for a shorter amount of time? Like, yes. would you rather, would you rather go to him and go, you know what? Look, we're, ac- we're actually going to give you more than Donald money. We're, let's go 33 million, which is just astronomical. I know, but let's do it for two seasons. And then, and then if we need to extend it another like year to year after that, because you're like the Travis Kelsey of the D line, that's fine. But you like, you know, Look, let's be clear. Jones dominated last year, and he did so like for a long season, like all the way through the postseason. I mean, he was a game wrecker on a level that no other defensive lineman in football last year is able to say. Mm -hmm. You got to get, you know, you want it. He's already under contract for next year. So, you know, I I, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't kick that deal out of bed to say, you know, what about, what about two years at 65 million? as an extension on what he already has. That's a ton of money. That's crazy cap hits. It is. But then you're also not anything after. I mean, but look, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even major in economics and, (laughs) and you know, like I don't even, I probably got a C in high school econ. So what do I know? But (laughs) listen, I didn't even take high school econ and I'm sure some folks who are, who are watching this right now can probably tell that, but there is one thing that I, that I feel like I know. And it's what spot track tells me. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's so let's let's look at it like this, Matt, that two year deal. Right. There's only been one 100 percent guaranteed defensive line deal above 10 million dollars. And that's Aaron Donald right now. So if you tell if you go to Chris Jones and you say, OK, look, we we're not agreeing on the length. But let's go ahead and bump that money up to the 33 million you were talking about and make it 90% guaranteed. Buku bucks. None, none of that, none of that wiggle room that Veach loves, but that is him conceding some of that wiggle room and saying, hey, we want you for the next two years. We feel like you can still be the anchor of the defensive line. And that still lines him up for a another decent contract if he can yeah. finesse that. 
because what he'll be he'll be 32 at that point maybe coming off of a pro bowl season at that point so i i think that's something i'm i imagine or i hope at least that that's something that they brought up in negotiations before i hope we're not coming up with this matt if if we're coming up for ideas for the kansas city chiefs we're uh they're doing something wrong man yeah yeah well that's true that's true i'd like to think yeah let's be real um folks you've got a lot of great comments here and and we love the discussion and by the way if you want to like keep hanging out and discussing with us um we have an aa membership and actually right after this podcast we're having one of our happy hours with our members we got a lot of members coming to hang out here at the top of the hour and we'll be hanging out i'll be there patrick will be there um we have some contributors being there and and it's usually just a good time where uh we kind of get to know each other we talk about why we love the chiefs and how we became fans in the first place and i'm sure we'll still be talking about chris jones and why he's <laughs> worth it or not worth it with all this it's just a great way so if you're curious about any of that um, you can always go to aa uh, or arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships. Um, and it's also in the masthead there. If you're curious about those things, um, just to let you know. But um, let's get back here to the show because we got a limited time. And I want to I want to talk about some of the concerned players. Yeah. Let me ask you this. And, and we'll make this a shorter segment than we were going to because we <laughs> we went way over on. Oh, yeah, we did. Here. Yeah, we did. But look, uh, the Saints are coming up. Uh, clearly this is not for starters. You know, we're not going to see, uh, Mahomes throwing three touchdown passes on Sunday or anything like that. But, um, if you had to come up with like a veteran player or two who should be concerned at this point coming into this first preseason game, um, to try to hold off the competition for his roster spot, who comes to mind? Oh man. Um, Dang, that is a good one. First, honestly, first one that that comes to my mind, and he might not qualify as a veteran, but he's been around the Chiefs for a while. Is Shane Buchel? I really, I really think that I understand the whole rules change with Blaine Gabbert. He can be the emergency quarterback three, but if if we're going by just what we've seen in the preseason, I'm sorry, I've never been super impressed with Shane Buchel. I know the tools are there, but what I've seen from production, I'm not a huge, uh, huge fan on. So he's been around for a while. Um, I, I ain't gonna lie. Chris Albright took my other choice. Derek Nottie is definitely someone who, who I think is even with this Chris Jones stuff going on. He, he's on a he's on a one year deal. If Keandre Coburn is really, really impressing like he is, like we're hearing he is. And Tur- let's say Turk Wharton's at ahead of schedule, and you know Daniel Wise is the is the resurgent defensive <laughs> tackle we all expected him to be, right? I think that Derek Nottie does become expendable at at a certain point. And if we're really that concerned about the cap, well, then you know uh, Derek Nottie's kind of easy to replace and move on from, in my opinion. Mm. Who do you got, Matt? Um, my answer feels so obvious, honestly, but uh, Josh Kando. Okay. Um, I mean, I just, you know, look, we, you draft a guy in the fourth round because he's got the measurables, he's got the length, he's got the burst, he's got the athleticism, he's got the, um, you know, the, the build, he's everything you want in this proto spags, you know, sort of like defensive end here. Um, 
and yet he couldn't put it all together at Florida State. You think maybe it's a coaching problem. Yeah. But look, the Chiefs have sunk two consecutive first-round picks <laughs> at defensive end um, because clearly, you know, Kando couldn't didn't turn into anything. It, it's yeah. not that it's not that there's still not time. If he's a late bloomer, crazier stories have been written. But I can't recall a single time I've ever even heard of Kando making some great play in camp. No. Um, he certainly hasn't done anything on the field in the last couple of years. It just it feels like, okay, we've, we've had this experiment. It's run its course. We drafted a new project in B.J. Thompson yep. out of Stephen F. Austin in the fifth round this year. Um, let's call it, man. Let's call it. And the big difference is we're hearing about B.J. Thompson in camp. We are seeing it as well. So sure. that project is already um, yielding some better benefits, if you ask me. But I, I am curious about this, Matt. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. What are, are there any young players you think that like, really need to stand out preseason week one? Um, yeah, you know, there's plenty. You know, there's okay. plenty here. I, um, I think Cornell Powell, it could be, you know, maybe done here. Although, you know, he's been around too. I mean, you talk about yeah. Shane Bouchelle. I mean, he's, he's been around a little bit. Uh, but, in, you know, in terms of younger play, you know, younger players who um, he, he's kind of the first one that comes to mind. I will say, I'll, let me throw a different one out there. I think Jody Fortson. Oh, yeah. Is really, <laughs> is really kind of. Look, man, in the ways that we talk about Kadarius Tony being, you know, is he always injured, never available, whatever. At what point do we start talking about Jody Fortson in similar terms? This this year, man, we we, we got to be talking about it. And even even Lucas over over on the site, you talked about this in early June, saying that it was quote sink or swim time mm. for Fortson, and that's absolutely true. If you just look at the guys bio and stats and that's all you look at you're like okay why why is this this isn't a certainty on the 53 man roster this guy yeah. hasn't done a whole lot but he is a camp darling which is always <laughs> elevated his status in in fans minds and i i fall and pray to that as well but we are definitely at a point where um fort season might be ending soon in kansas city mm. you know I, the thing about Fortson, i one i love his story out of Valdosta State, transferred college like three times, two or three times, um, was a tight end or was a wide receiver, Mm -hmm. turned tight end, climbed the depth chart to become like, you know, um, an end zone threat and a a major part of the, um, you know, a part of the a part of the tight end room here. Um, you know, it's a great story. He's already gone much farther than anyone thought. And and even if he's cut, it's just a, it's a great story. Kudos to him. But yeah, at some point it's been more promise than production. Mm-hmm. Um, the injuries have not allowed him to be there. And, you know, if he can't be available, you know, maybe it's time to look at Matt Bushman, um, or another guy like that and go, you know what? It, you've earned it. You've been here, you've been around and you're also productive. So, um, yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah. For sure. Anyone else draw your eye that you're looking at this weekend? Oh, who should be playing concerned, uh, um, rookie or veteran? I'm I'm gonna go rookie on this one just because I think like those are the most intriguing players to watch during the preseason. Of course, um, I'm really wanting to see a lot from Echo Boydo. 
Um, listen, he he comes Boy. from the best from the best football program in Kansas, best <laughs> collegiate football program in Kansas. That is, and um, he uh, he's had the opportunity in camp to be on the outside. He has had the opportunity to produce in special teams, but from my understanding, that has been a little lackluster in those opportunities. And that's never good that you want to reach up to that point and then fall back down before the very first preseason game. So I, w- I want to see what he can do against actual competition. Maybe this is just spags moving some players around or, um, or w- whatever it is, you know, a lot of things happen in camp that won't happen during the regular season, but I'm, I'm watching him fairly closely. I think I'll probably overreact to how well he does. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good, an interesting name. I wouldn't have brought that up or I wouldn't have thought to, to bring that up, but, but yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. Nick Jones is intriguing. Okay, that's another one. Yeah. Nick Jones is intriguing to me because the slate is a little open for him. Legarius Need injured. We'll talk about him in just a second. Um, Nazi Johnson out for the year, um, which opens that up for him, except the room was already so crowded that um, he has showed up strong in minicamp. I'd love to see him make his mark in a preseason game. That like I yeah. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. You could throw DiCaprio Boodle in there. You could um, maybe Reese Taylor, um, you know, some of these others. Uh, yeah, it, it, that secondary is going to be very, very interesting to me um, yep. in this preseason game. And there's, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bodies to watch there, I, I feel like. Like it's not just one or two guys that have oh my goodness i'm sorry i have a dog in the background (laughs) um it's not just one or two players who need to like show up during preseason i i would extend that out to about four or five guys and a lot of the open spots on special teams will probably come into play as well yeah Uh, your dog was just agreeing with you by the way yes yes of of course he's like oh yeah secondary secondary rough rough yes 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 (laughs) yes Um, yes good Hey, just let's talk injury concerns just real fast. Okay. We've already talked about Jody Fortson. Yeah. Um, look, you made a note here. He's out with a shoulder injury, missed nine straight practices. Uh, there's not really a timetable, but I think he'd be okay for the regular season if we had to go. I hope so. Um, you know, so, so maybe he'll be okay. But, yeah, you know, it's weird that, that he misses here. Um, but let's let's go to someone else because – just for the sake of time, I want to make sure we spend some time on Legarius Sneed. Yeah. Legarius Sneed suffered a knee injury last postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, on June 15th, um, during minicamp, the injury report came out, and Andy Reid said that they that they were limiting Sneed during mandatory minicamp. Again, this is back in mid-June, two months ago. They were limiting Legarius Sneed because of a swollen knee and basically, the more he moves on it, the worse it gets. So they're arresting mm-hmm. him or limiting his participation in order to keep that, you know, where it needs to be. Two months later, Andy Reid just said this earlier this week. He said, quote, it, it just it swells. So we're trying to keep the swelling down on that. The better we do that, the better off he's going to be for the season. Now, I normally wouldn't think anything of that, except 
that's what you said two months ago yeah. about an injury that goes back five months before that quote. It's a long so now, time. Now we're at seven months of managing some knee injury before any rigors of a brand new season that could go up to 20 games is going to happen. This is your best defensive back. Maybe Trim McDuffie could make a case, but we need to see more from him. But like, what do you think about this? Like, Andy didn't make a big deal about it. You know, he talks about it like it's just no big deal. We're just mm-hmm. load management and he'll be fine kind of thing. But when I look at that history, I get concerned. How concerned are you? One to ten. One to ten. I'd call it. A, I call it about a six. Like okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shaking down the doors. Concerned about it. But it's it's still something to certainly watch because you know when I was when I was doing PT on my knee, I tore tore my meniscus back in high school, and after joining the military, after a while, it just started swelling up again. It was no no real reason, just inflammation happening, and sometimes it is a workload thing. But after a while, the you can't manage. You can only manage the workload so much, right? It's yeah, like you're saying, this season might go 20 games. Like that is that is a lot of impact. That's a lot of practices. That's a lot of putting pressure on that knee. Um, I, I wish we had a more specific diagnosis. I I really do. Um, but I just I kind of feel comfortable with this cornerback room without him. Yeah, because we know we know Trent McDuffie can do his thing. We're expecting big things from Joshua Williams. Um, so I think that has kind of kept the concern down a little bit. I, there, there's a lot of factors here, man. Are, are we, are we putting on the tinfoil hat and thinking maybe they're holding them back for the contract year? Oh gosh. Man. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I, th- I think, uh, I mean, you know, I think, look, I love Legereus Sneed. He's the ultimate chess piece. He's been a week one starter since being a late fourth yeah. round pick out of defense, out of Louisiana Tech. Absolutely wild. Everything you wouldn't expect, he was instantly, and then some. Spags loves him. It's hard not to love him when he's, when he's, you know, coming in on a on a corner blitz or something, and and um, when you know, he locks down the slot. I mean, he, he could do anything. He could do anything, and he's such a good. Honestly, man, he's so much better than people realize and and so willing against the run, shed, shedding blocks. I, I just love it. But yeah. Um, that said, you know, you just drafted kind of a kind of a a mimic, uh, you know, in in, uh, in Shamari Connor. Uh, nice last name, by the way. And, um, you know, you, the room is already loaded. You know, what do you do there? So I think you're right. I think. On any other team, it should be like a near panic scenario for the secondary. Like, however the Dolphins feel about losing Jalen Ramsey, I think is how most teams would view this kind of injury, Um, except they're so deep that you're like, oh, man, that kind of sucks, but I think we'll still be okay. Yeah. That's that. That's a great way to put it because I I keep on forgetting that the Jalen Ramsey went down like he is he's gone, you know, and that might be the case with Snead. Who who knows? We might be seeing like a eighty percent at best Legarius Snead this season, and that'll probably rear its ugly head at points during the season. But on a whole, still feeling okay. Yeah, yeah. It, 
I don't want to say that, that we don't need Sneed. Yeah. There is a need for Sneed, for sure. Lead, lead um, for Sneed. So, yeah, that's that. That's that. Um, well, before we, um, before we close out, folks, every um, – by the way, Adam Schefter put out a report today, the Kadarius Tony um, it, and Isaiah Pacheco, which is not the surprise, are expected to play week one. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, let me just ask you this: Do you believe that or not? I I do, especially for Pacheco. He was he was right. on the field today at at camp with a non contact injury or non contact jersey on. Excuse me, he did not go down with the non contact injury. Yeah. Um, but he, he was on the field at least. Kadarius Tony, I'm feeling optimistic about it. Like there's there's been nothing from around the team that makes me overly concerned about Tony's injury. Okay. Um, and we've we've already beaten that dead horse on you know the the much injured Kadarius Tony. Yeah. So it's probably just something we got to live with, man. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I um I yeah, honestly I'm not sure that he plays. It it doesn't make sense to me to rush him when you don't need True. him. And also, if they put him on the field, I think he's on a definite snap count. I think he's on a oh yeah. I think he's on an eight to twelve snap count. If he hasn't been in training camp to get back in shape, hamstrings are going to be a major issue. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that there's a mate a great need there to get Tony back on the field um, against the Detroit Lions. I, I just don't. Um, all right, folks, we've come to the end of the show here. Um, some of you may be sticking around, hang out with us in the <laughs> AA uh, members Discord chat after this for our happy hour tonight but before we go richard our esteemed producer are you there my friend i am here how's it going viewers there is the man the myth and the legend folks every uh every episode of the podcast at least on tuesdays uh myself and sterling and richard normally roll out a thing called the must list where we recommend something random uh, usually it's a TV show, a book, a movie, a, a band, something. It's been some weird things though before. I recommended a sandwich. A sandwich. I, I recommended Grimace one time, like oh the McDonald Land character. Anyway, I like Grimace. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jacob is here as our guest. We love having guests join us, and we love having our guests go first. Jacob, do you have anything you're oh, recommending man. this week for our listeners? All right, listen. You you said it earlier on. I'm a I'm a baseball guy first, um, so I do want to recommend an author, Joe Pasnansky. Pis- I can never say his name right. If I recall correctly, he's from he's Kansas KC. City, of course. Yeah, he is a KC native. He has a he has a new book coming out later on this fall, and I wanted to read up on some of his other stuff. He has this book called The Baseball 100, which is really really good. Um, he, he has a couple of other. He's been writing like actual books for quite a while now. Yep. He's got a pretty good catalog, so I I highly recommend him if you wanna if you want a new new book to read. Nice. Now, I didn't know he has a new book, but I boy, I love Joe's writing. He's just he's like a classic baseball writer. You know, if you like a probably top five for most like long term baseball fans. Dang. Richard, do you want to close out today? Do you want me to go or do you want to go now? Go, Matt. It's on you. <laughs> uh, you guys, I love the Mission Impossible movies. I love them. I love them. I love them. I've seen every one of them besides like probably the second one, which kind of sucks. Yeah, that's a bad one. I've seen most of them probably five to ten times. And I finally saw Dead Reckoning. And look, I'm super stoked. I haven't seen Barbie, Dying to See It. I haven't seen Oppenheimer, Dying to See It. <laughs> but 
I saw the new Mission Impossible first since it was going to be the first one out of theater, and I don't get to go to the theater that much. And from the beginning to the end, it was like watching a roller coaster, being on a roller coaster. It was amazing. It was amazing. It's a total thrill ride. And I thought, oh my gosh, this should be getting so much more attention than it is. It just happens that Barbie and Oppenheimer are like dominating all things cinema and what we're talking about. But if you can go to the movie theaters and see it, it, it it's only part one um, of it's so good. The premise is good. The, Tom Cruise is good. It's just, it's everything you love in those movies. Do you guys like these movies? I'm like, I'm just a sucker for all things. Am I? I, I, I really like them. I mean, I've really come to appreciate just pure action movies after a while. Like some, sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to have to think about like a storyline or like think about the themes in a movie or anything yeah. like that. Just the, the mission impossible. Um, I really come to enjoy Jason Bourne a lot more, even though that gets a little wonky after a while. They have some plot holes, but they're just good stories and they're just fun to watch. Now, here's the question, Matt. Is it worth watching it in IMAX or not? Is it worth the upcharge? I, you know, I didn't go to IMAX, but it would be. It's it's just, yeah. yeah. The, vis- the visuals are just incredible. Yeah. Okay. So go see it. Richard, what do you got for us today, man? All right. Uh, I think I've already stated, I think for the month of August, I was just going to recommend nothing but music, but I was going to try to change it up. I was going to make people realize that Richard's got a very eclectic taste. So I'm going to do something <laughs> I haven't recommended, actually. I've went through all of my must lists that I do keep track of. I haven't recommended just pop music, just a female vocalist. And I do want to recommend Ooh. Caroline Polachek. Yeah. Uh, th- this woman is like a, uh, a siren. I-, I swear, if I was out at sea and I heard that voice, I would j- drown myself. To, to, to go after Caroline Polachek. That's how that's how hardcore it is. Uh, she has a new album that came out this year. It's Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. Amazing album. I, I don't think I've listened to 10 albums, 10 new albums in 2023, but I'll just go ahead and say it's it's in my top 10. Easy enough. Um, but yeah, I love her music. She's got a beautiful voice. She's a great producer. Because uh, in my mind, I always think of pop artists as being solely songwriters and then somebody else comes in and fills in the music. But Caroline does it all. And it's, yeah. it's simply amazing. If you want some really fun, um, playful instrumentals, beautiful voice, check out Caroline Polachek's newest album, Desire. I want to turn into you. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Heck yeah. Folks, we've had a loaded show. We've, we've had good recs. We have good conversation. Um, hopefully Chris Jones still loves KC. <laughs> Chris Jones, if you're listening, we love you too. And our recommendation to you is get your ass to St. Joseph. No doubt. Folks, you've been listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. Filling in for Sterling Holmes this week is our friend Jacob Millam. Jacob is a great contributor on um, all things Royals and Chiefs. Check him out on Twitter. We're just, we're just going to keep calling it Twitter forever at Jacob Milham K-C-M-I-L-H-A-M is the way that goes. Jacob, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, Matt. It was a blast. And thank you, Richard. Yeah, always good for myself, for Jacob, for Richard, and all of us on the AA team. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. As always, we are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.